The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen, and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the Jews answered and said to him, what sign can you show for us? What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days, I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus makes a a whip today, and that just speaks to my heart. I'm a weird guy, and uh, one of my hobbies is I have two eight-foot-long bull whips, cattle whips, that I do tricks with. So I have them here today, and uh, if we had two altar servers, I was going to give each one of them and let them hit you if you weren't paying attention, but (laughs) sorry, but next time bring a friend, okay? But actually, I will be teaching you how to use them if you want after Mass. Uh, they loved it last night, so as long as it's not raining too hard. So now you're worried about what's going to happen after Mass, but try and focus back on the homily. And look with me for a moment up at the crucifix. For behold, that is the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Look at what he did for us. Now we place a clean and often unbloody Jesus on the cross because to look at the horrors of the reality of what he endured all the time would just be too much for us and we would become desensitized. Yet since we have a sanitized version of Jesus, we often forget how terrible it really was for him. He knew the ramifications that his actions would have. Jesus knew that his behavior in the temple would ultimately lead to his death. That did not deter his actions. How many of us would continue down a road we knew was going to lead to our death? Jesus knew that he was fulfilling prophecy by cleansing the temple, and he also knew that they would use this as evidence of his crimes. The Passover that we hear about was the highest feast for the Jews, and it was a precursor to our Easter celebration. Jesus shows he is a faithful Jew by going to the temple with his disciples during this time. 
for this was the only place that sacrifice could be offered. It wasn't wrong that there be merchants there, for people had traveled from very far and wouldn't bring animals to sacrifice on the journey with them when they could buy them at the temple. Money changers were also there because only a shekel, a Jewish coin, could be used to pay the temple tax owed by each male over the age of 20. They couldn't use the other coins of the day because of the pagan images, images of Caesar and other people inscribed on them. Jesus was not mad at the fact that these useful services were offered to the pilgrims at the temple, but he was upset that the temple area was more focused on commerce than it was on prayer, sacrifice, and atonement. The temple was the place where the presence of God resided. Jesus identifies the temple of Jerusalem with his own body, and by doing so, refers to one of the most profound truths about himself that he is the incarnation. After the ascension of the Lord into heaven, this real and very special presence of God among men is continued in the sacrament of the Eucharist. By referring to his body as the temple, Jesus is saying that the physical presence of God resides in him. By his words, which would be fulfilled in the resurrection, Jesus, Jesus shows that God has transferred that presence from the temple to the Eucharist, where it still resides for us today. The first reading contains the commandments that we're all familiar with. This was how the people of Israel knew what God expected of them. We know that God still holds us to this standard. They were the words spoken to mankind by God. We hear in the psalm that the words of the Lord contain everlasting life. This is the promise the Lord makes to us. If we are faithful to the commandments, we gain salvation because of the Lord's sacrifice. The words of the Lord and the commandments help us to know what to stay away from so that we will not bring death to our souls. More precious than gold is our salvation. More enjoyable than the sweetest tasting honey is our eternal life. The psalmist compares the Lord's offer of heaven to the best that the world has to offer, just to show how much the world fails in comparison. Furthermore, the psalmist tells us that the commands of the Lord bring joy to the heart. It may hurt a bit now to deny ourselves, but we do so for a greater purpose. It's delayed gratification now for eternal reward later. We live every day with eternity in our hearts. Now, one of the prayers that the priest utters that is inaudible at every Mass after we have all received communion as he is cleaning up the vessels says this, What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart. What has been given to us in time, may it be our healing for eternity. He prays for all of us present that the Eucharist, the new place of sacrifice and presence of the dwelling of God, may be our food for the journey of life and will cleanse our hearts like Jesus cleansed the temple. The priest prays that what has been given to us on this day, in this church, during this time, may have lasting effects on our soul forever. That our hearts and minds will be made pure by the Eucharist so that we can flourish with our God and the saints forever. This is why the church, in her wisdom, gives us the time of Lent every year, 
so that we can examine our lives and see what we need to improve to gain the eternal reward we so desperately hope for. Through the vehicles of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, we leave behind those parts of us that have been corrupted by the world and won't serve us in heaven. We ask during this special, I'm sorry, we ask during this time for special grace to aid us in turning from former ways of life and being liberated from sins that may have haunted us for years. So, behold the crucifix. Behold the Lamb of God, who is Jesus. Jesus, the sacrificial Lamb, who is, at the same time, priest and victim. Behold his love for you, exemplified by his death. Follow the commandments faithfully, so that when you die, you may hear the words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Come, share in your master's joy.